when you play for a great organization with great people, since I got here, they've embraced who I am as a person, you know, supported everything that I do off the floor. Even when I started doing music, they wasn't like, oh man, this dude rapping. They was like, you know, they posted it on social media. So I, um, I couldn't be more thankful uh, to the organization, to the city of Portland, to all the fans. You know, this is, this is home for me now. And I'm just so happy that I've been able to have you know, this type of ride in one uniform and to have the support of you guys, you know, every time I step on this floor, it means a lot. And, you know, with all the things I've accomplished, I'm extremely happy, you know, for myself because it's been a, it's been a long time coming, you know, to reach this point. A lot of ups and downs in this journey. And it's only one thing, one thing left to accomplish. And I think y'all know what that is, so. Like I said, it's, it's only one thing left to accomplish, and I mean that, you know, from the bottom of my heart. You know, I'm not just saying it, and I think the organization, I know for a fact with Chauncey, you know, that's the number one thing for us. So um, I appreciate y'all for everything to this point in my career, and we just need y'all to keep showing up and, and being who you guys are, and we just got to get that one last thing done, and, you know, that'll wrap this up and finish the script for me. So I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you. Hey Rip City, this is Greg Brown III, and it's time to open the briefcase with Casey Holdoff. Greetings, Shippers fans, and welcome to the briefcase, episode 14 of the briefcase. I am your host, Casey Holdall. This is your semi-updated podcast covering all things Portland Trailblazers and beyond. You just heard Damian Lillard giving his comments during the post-game celebration at the Moda Center Monday night regarding his passing of Clyde Drexler as the all-time leading scorer in franchise history. I know on the last show we had mentioned we were going to put a bow on that since it was already done in Oklahoma City, albeit in a loss, but it was such a great ceremony after Monday night's game. Shout out to Lamar Hurd for doing a phenomenal job emceeing. Shout out as always to Damian Lillard for doing a fantastic job of representing himself, his family, and the Trailblazers as an organization to their fans to really give everyone their kudos for their role in playing a special part in Damian's career. It's a fantastic night, so I wanted to make sure we gave that a little bit of love before we move on to new business, which we'll do on this edition of The Briefcase. Well, it was touch and go for a while, but after a few minor delays, the Blazers made their way back to Portland in time for Christmas. The team got into PDX, how I'm not exactly sure, at around 2.30 a.m. on Christmas Eve. Best I could tell, the entire tarmac was a complete sheet of ice, or at least where they dropped us off was a complete sheet of ice. I don't know if maybe the runways were plowed and nowhere else was plowed. I don't know if they were salted and nowhere else was salted. But long story short, when you stepped off the plane at PDX early in the morning on Christmas Eve, Saturday night slash Saturday morning, completely ice. You could have skated from the plane to your car. However, your boy had the foresight to buy an ice scraper at their CVS Endeavor before we flew out Friday night, which took a little bit longer than usual. So I was able to get out of the parking lot into my home in Kent with little issue. Tristan, our fantastic videographer, says I was the first person out of the parking lot, but I think there might have been an SUV that beat me out of the parking lot. But long story short, as soon as we touched down on Christmas Eve morning, which I wasn't entirely sure we were going to be able to do. I hit the ground running to get home as soon as I possibly could. I also have the shortest drive home of anyone who travels with the team. So I was home at my house after that long trip before anyone else was. 
but everyone did it at home safely, which I was a little bit concerned by. And in the past, it hasn't always been just an issue of whether or not we could fly into PDX. It's what are their conditions in Portland once we get to PDX, because they don't want to get into a situation where we're landing and the players are unable to get to their homes. Most of the guys live out in the suburbs since practice facilities in Tualatin. But we just went for it this time, probably because of the holiday. And as best I can tell, no one really had any issue getting home. Once they announced the plane would be delayed for a few hours, multiple players were already trying to figure out if there was another way that they could possibly get home. There were multiple players talking about renting private jets. Damian Lillard told me he had one on standby already. I don't know exactly what the rules are in regards to flying a private jet versus a commercial liner, but I do know that generally the rules are not the same necessarily if you have means. So if it hadn't been a holiday... I imagine the team probably would have stayed over in Denver for another night. The conditions in Denver weren't great to begin with anyways, and the conditions in Portland were pretty bad. They had closed PDX for much of the day. It might have still actually been closed technically when we landed, but the fact that it was going into a holiday, the Christmas holiday, I think that prompted the team to decide, we got to get home. These guys are going to try to get home regardless. We might as well do it as a team, rather than doing it as one-offs. And as someone who could absolutely not afford to rent a private jet, I appreciate the team for taking that chance. Probably not the case necessarily getting home from practice recently, seeing as how the weather in Portland, while it's not icy anymore, has turned windy and incredibly wet, huge puddles all over the freeway. I'm hydroplaned multiple times coming back from practice on Tuesday afternoon. Be safe out there, folks. Some serious weather we're having here in the past couple weeks. Please be safe. Take your time. It's not worth it getting there a few minutes earlier or a few seconds earlier, really. Well, now that I've honored the time-tested tradition in Oregon of talking way too much about the weather... Let's go ahead and move on to the actual business at hand. After having Christmas Eve and Christmas off, though, I would argue that it doesn't count as a day off when you get home at 3 a.m. after a white-knuckle drive home. That's just me. Trailblazers ended a three-game losing streak by defeating the Hornets Monday night 124-113 in the celebration of Damian Lillard passing Clyde Drexler as the franchise's all-time leading scorer. After going down by 14 points in the first half, Yusuf Nurkic and Jeremy Grant combined to score 40 of Portland's 63 points in the second half to lead the Blazers to victory. Nurkic was especially impressive, shaking off in an even first half to finish with 28 points on 8 of 12 shooting from the field, 16 rebounds, 6 assists, three blocks, two steals in 35 minutes. Only Dirk Nowitzki has put up a similar stat line in the history of the NBA. Nice going, Nurk. Yusuf, a career 29% three-point shooter, made his first five attempts from three before missing two in the last minute of the game. Two three-pointers he absolutely did not need to shoot. That's how you know that Nurk isn't a natural three-point shooter, because a natural three-point shooter would take that five for five and call it a night, but not Nurk. He wanted more. He got greedy, and I appreciate you for doing it, Nurk. A lot of guys would have sat on that perfect night not Yusuf Nurkic. He's out there trying to get buckets, even though the game was effectively over. A lot of guys out in the NBA protecting their percentages, but not our boy Nurk, who is now shooting 46% for three this season on nearly two attempts per game. And as for Jeremy Grant, he finished with 32 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, two blocks, and a steal in 37 minutes, which might have been the quietest 32-point performance I can ever remember. Though between Nurk hitting three-pointers and the Damian Lillard festivities, the game that Jeremy played kind of got lost in the shuffle. Not that a guy like Jeremy minds that one bit. Josh Hart also had a double-double with 11 points and 13 rebounds. Three guys with double-doubles in the Monday night's game, actually. A bit of rarity for Portland these days. And then the man of the hour, Damian Lillard himself, went just 5 of 18 from the field and 1 of 10 from 3. He, t- he even mentioned to me in the locker room. He's like, Case, I was bricking some three-pointers tonight. And I was like, yeah, 
At one of 10, you were absolutely throwing up some bricks tonight, Dame. But he still managed to finish with 17 points and 9 assists in 38 minutes in the winning effort. With their three-game losing streak ended, the Blazers now have three days to prepare before facing the Golden State Warriors in San Francisco in their last game of 2022. Then it's back home for one game versus the Pistons on the second day of 2023. Then a three-game road trip with stops in Minneapolis, Indianapolis, and Toronto before an extended homestand. Well, now that you're updated on the recent goings-ons, let's go ahead and look at the stats that we'll be tracking all season long here on The Briefcase. After 34 games, which is 41% of the season, by the way, the Blazers sit in 8th in the Western Conference standing with a record of 18 wins and 16 losses, 4 games behind the Nuggets in 1st place. The Blazers are ninth in offensive rating, which is just one spot worse than the last time we checked in, at 114.1 points scored per 100 possessions, which is basically unchanged, but ever so slightly an improvement since the last time we checked. I think that's like 0.1 points per 100 possessions scored better than last time we looked, which pretty much meaningless. They are right below the Mavericks, who are in 8th right now, and right above the Knicks, who are in 10th in terms of offensive efficiency. Then on the other side of the ball, Portland is currently 24th in defensive rating, which is three spots worse than the last time we checked in, at 113.8 points allowed per 100 possessions, which, again, is basically unchanged, but it is ever so slightly worse than we checked in last week. The Warriors are 23rd in defensive rating, which is just ahead of Portland, and the Nuggets, as I mentioned, the first place team in the West, are just behind the Trailblazers at 25th in defensive rating. And the difference between Portland's offensive rating and their defensive rating is their net rating, which is 0.3, ranks 15th in the NBA, which when it comes to ratings means the Blazers are exactly at the league average in terms of net rating, which considering their schedule, not a bad place to be, but you'd really like to see that defense tick up in the month of January on to the Trailblazers betting markets heading into 2023. As of right now, the Blazers are currently 21-13 and 13 versus the spread this season, which is very good, by the way. After covering a Monday night's win, Trailblazers were 5.5-point favorites and ended up winning that game by 11. Prior to Monday night's game, the Blazers had failed to cover in three straight contests, all of which were losses. With 18 wins, the Blazers are currently 45% of the way to hitting their season over of 39.5 wins. As it currently stands, the Blazers over-under for wins is 43.5. They update those standings as the season goes on. So if you wanted to lay those bets, still you could, even if you didn't get your money in before the season started. So considering that Vegas now has the over-under for Blazers set at 43.5, which is four wins, basically more than they thought they were going to have at the beginning of the season, you should feel pretty good about hitting that over if you got it in before the season started. And as always, when it comes to wagering, this is just information. It is not advice and should not be construed as advice because it is not advice. Moving on, with three days of practice, Chauncey Billups now has time to see if he can make some adjustments and clean up the slippage in order to get the Blazers back to being closer to an NBA average defense. That was the talk at practice on Tuesday was defense, as it's often been the case at Blazers practices basically all season long. Portland's offense has been a top 10 offense all season. Their defense, which started out in the top 10, has drifted all the way back, as I mentioned, to 24th. And so that's a place where there's a lot of room for growth for this team, and they're hoping they can make some of that growth with a few days off in order to get some things figured out before that game versus Golden State, and then a few days after that before the game versus the Pistons back at home. So speaking of defensive Pistons, at least former Pistons, here's what Jeremy Grant had to say about Portland's defense and having some time to address the issues on that side of the ball after Tuesday's practice at the team's facility in Tualatin. Uh, a lot of defensive communication, working on our switches, working on uh, switching up uh, and, and defensive rebounding. We had a drop for sure uh, from the beginning of the year to, to, the, to the last few weeks. Um, so, I mean, that's why we're in here. Uh, we haven't had a lot of time to practice with our schedule, but 
intense. Uh, we got a few days. Uh, we're going we're gonna to work on it. Definitely, it definitely helps a lot. Whenever you got time to get, get in the gym and, and talk about the things that uh, you can get better at, it always going to help, especially when you can run through it, especially with a lot of young guys that we have. I mean, when you get tired and things happen and, you know, you lose focus, I mean, it, sometimes it happens. It happens uh, to the best of teams, but the best teams, they, they get it together uh, throughout the season, and then that's when they that's when you see teams going runs and stuff like that. So, so it's something that, that we definitely got to work on, especially as a, a younger team. We, we do have older players, but we do have a lot of young guys as well. So um, just picking up that and being, being consistent with it. We, we definitely got to focus on the defensive end. Uh, we've been letting teams put up way too many points, um, but uh, we'll be better. So there you go, Jeremy Grant vowing that the Blazers would be improved on the defensive end after getting in some practice time here this week. Obviously, the easiest path to Portland improving their lot this season would be to improve defensively. They've shown it in fits and starts. I think in 2023, we'll really get a sense of just how good this team can be defensively. Guys have been in and out of the lineup. They've had a rough schedule. They've played a lot of road games. Schedule's coming back around to them. Some of the competition's coming back around to them as well. So if they're going to make a move, particularly on the defensive end, now is the time to do it. And since we're talking about guys being in and out of the lineup, let's go ahead and do a quick recap of where the Blazers stand in terms of their injuries. There's been some changes to Portland's injury report as of late, so might as well go ahead and do a quick status report on who is available and who isn't at this point. Team announced on Monday that Justice Winslow would miss at least two weeks with a grade two sprain in his left ankle, which he suffered in the second loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder on December 21st. Winslow has already missed games versus the Nuggets and Hornets, with Keon Johnson, who had been out for nearly a month with a hip pointer, picking up most of those minutes so far. Then there's Asir Little, who is still out with a mild femoral head impaction fracture in his right hip. Friday will be four weeks since the team announced that he would miss at least six weeks, so he could potentially be back sometime early in 2023. Not sure there's really much to take from this, if anything, but I will say that the team noted that he would be out for six weeks, not that he would be reevaluated in six weeks which is typically how they've been handling these things as of late. But if nothing else, Nas is no longer using crutches to get around, which would seem like progress. And then there's Gary Payton too, who, according to Shams, was or is expected to make his return sometime soon, perhaps as soon as Friday's game versus the Warriors, where he will also apparently get his 2022 NBA championship ring. Chauncey Billups said at practice on Tuesday that Payton went through parts of it, and that it would be nice if Gary was able to play sometime soon, though he had no update beyond that. I've said it before and I'll say it again, I am out of the Gary Payton 2 prediction business. All the previous predictions have been wrong, so I don't see much point in venturing another guess, especially with no new intel to base it off of. Hopefully Gary's able to come back soon. When he plays, he plays. Until then, he's not playing. I don't have any better updates other than that, and I don't know that anyone else has any better updates either. And that seems like a good time to wrap up this edition of The Briefcase, episode 14 of The Briefcase. Thank you so much for joining me. I am Casey Holdall. Please like and subscribe to The Briefcase and to The Blazers Balcony, which is another podcast I do with Brooke Olsendam. A little something different in each one of those, so if you subscribe to both, you will definitely not have too much overlap, unless you don't want to hear so much of my voice, which I guess I couldn't really blame you for too awful much. So for myself, for the Trailblazers, thank you for joining us in this edition of The Briefcase. We'll talk to you later this week. Game versus the Warriors on Friday. Plenty of practices in between. Talking to guys in Tualatin, bringing that audio on this podcast. Talk to you next time.